Good afternoon and welcome to Stony Radio. I'm Susie Lodge. I am the founder of Wiki Places for Kids and the Wiki Mama Network. And I am so delighted to be back. I am back in the chair every Wednesday. My new time is going to be 12 till 1. But I'm here um, at 1 o'clock today because I hadn't made that shift in timings. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined with my, my guest today, who's Odette Mould. She's the founder and CEO of Harry's Rainbow. Hello. Hi. So nice to have you. I'm, I'm really pleased to get here finally. Uh, we've been planning this for this whole summer, so yeah. I'm really, really excited. We have, haven't we? So we're going to hear all about your story in a minute, and I can't wait to deep dive into that because it's such a rich story. It's going to be so interesting, and I really hope it resonates with some of our listeners. Um, but you've created something incredible, so I'm. we're going to hear all about that in just a minute. So my first um, episode last week was all about um, that sort of launch back into the back to school um and we were just talking pre- before the show about your kids going back into school so mm-hmm. you've got three children is that right i've got three children four including harry but three children um who live with me so um we've got jessica she's an adult so she this will be the first summer that she hasn't actually had off she's been working she's doing an apprenticeship and then we've got isaac has just gone into year eight in secondary school yeah. and joseph has just gone into year five which and and he's my youngest so you were just saying about your youngest and yes being a lot younger than but I just remember all those times when they they, they sort of go into each of those each of those year groups and year five feels quite big for Joseph because you know I know it's one more year till he's in year six and that feels really really big I know my son um, Jacob is also just gone into year five so I totally feel that but he's my oldest so we've got we've got a flip there so Lily um, has just started school that was what um, we were talking about because I had my whole podcast last week was all about how there was such big emotions for me with her going into school, not having a baby in the house anymore, not revolving my entire life and day around having a small person to, to think about. And although she's been in nursery a lot, I've still definitely thought of myself as trying to, you know, hold on to those precious years and, you know, spend that much time with her. Yeah. So now she's in full time school and that's sort of the beginning of you know them big growing up in isn't school it? it is yeah and then growing up and it just seems to go so quickly everyone it says really it does. don't they everyone says it and we say it ourselves and uh, sometimes I think we probably don't don't get much opportunity or we forget to kind of stop and breathe I feel like this summer's gone by for me so quickly because yeah. I've worked most of it but um it, it um it just flies it I just know flies. and I do feel like life feels busier than ever so things mm. like the summer as you said they do seem to just go even quicker than before because when you're an entrepreneurial person you're you know and you run your own show so to yeah, speak you yeah. can't really stop can There's you no so stopping. you want to spend time with the children but you've still got to keep those cogs going so you have yeah 100% yeah it's really difficult um but uh, did you have a nice summer overall it, it was nice overall um and uh, obviously it, it finished with a really nice hot weekend yeah. just gone so that, that was nice to experience that I, th- I think I think the weather was warning us not to complain because we're about to go into autumn yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know what's happening today but we it's better today isn't it but we've definitely had a little bit of an Indian summer in the last week and it's just been like absolutely boiling um so for anybody though that has had a bit of a rocky um week with kids going back to school and you know those big emotions that can come out in the children um you know if they're not wanting to go into school at all you're struggling with those um uh those school runs or you know like my poor tilda she hasn't wanted to go in um she's struggled a little bit we've had some sad evenings before school and um she's not you know she's not been great on the school run and not really wanted to go in she's getting there though but 
we just had a brilliant um, bonus podcast, which I recorded this morning with Natalie Costa. So that will be the last one in between my kind of sad, poor me, everyone's back to school, and this one. So go back one uh, one episode and have a look at that uh, little bonus episode we do with Natalie Costa. She is wonderful. She is a parent and child coach and she is the founder of um, um, Power Thoughts um, and she coaches children and parents to get through those huge emotions. There's, oh, wow. She's wonderful. And that she's local, good. Leighton Buzzard based. And um, yes, yeah, so she came on the show this oh, morning. Oh, I'll definitely have a listen and I'll definitely tell a couple of my friends um, we've got younger children and you know they have a few worries I, I bought some worry stones for my friend's little boy the other day so um, I'll definitely point her oh, in that direction worry stones what are they um, so uh, pretty similar to a worry doll have you yeah. heard of a worry doll what those little ones yeah little yeah. worry dolls you yes. tell the worries to them the like stones Tibetan glow worried. up at night so you, you um, kind of put them in the in the light so they get their glow and then at night time you can kind of whisper your worries to the to the stones and leave them on the windowsill and sort of the worries all, all float away oh. with the stones is kind of the principle around it yeah I so. love that so what's your friend's son experiencing is it son did you say yes yes it just really it feels it feels to me like a bit of separate that separation he's, he's gone into year one in school um never had the bestest um uh, sleep pattern as such always wants mummy with him at bedtime um, but also through the night um, his sister his, his younger sister is fantastic at, at going to bed or maybe not definitely going to bed but sleeping through the night um, and he just has a few worries and I, I had a lot of sleep issues with my children oh. so when I saw that someone else I knew who has a, a local business making and selling things I saw that she had these worry stones I thought aha I'll oh. get some of those for William and see if they help him that's lovely you never know What's the local business? Let's give her a shout out. Um, Kriya's Crafts. So Kriya's Crafts. Okay. I can't remember how it's spelled. We'll, put, the the, we'll put a link into the, um, yeah. into the podcast okay. notes because that sounds great and it's great to support local, isn't it? Give her a little shout out. Well, do you know what? I think I'll get myself some worry stones as well and some for Tilda. Bless yeah. her. I like the sound of that. Um, so just before we go into your big story, um, which I'm looking forward to getting into, um, we are going to listen to your first track, which you've chosen. Um, this is The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Um, and if I can get the right uh, mousing gear, because by the way, everybody, there's like three mouses here. Um, we're going to listen to this. I can almost see it That dream I'm dreaming But there's a voice inside my head saying you'll never reach it. Hello, and we're back. And we're here with Odette Mould, the founder and CEO of Harry's Rainbow. And Odette chose that song, The Climb by Miley Cyrus. So do you want to give us a little bit of background to that song? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not sure really when the song came out, but um, a friend of mine um, said to me once it kind of reminded her of me and, and my story because it's a climb. Um and um you know it's an uphill battle mm-hmm. um which is what grief is and and that's where my story comes from really okay um, let's why don't we go right back to the start yeah so before we do just give us a little overview about what harry's rainbow is it's a wonderful charity um but give us a little bit of a, a more detail about what is it and then yeah, we can sure. go back to the beginning yeah absolutely so harry's rainbow is the only dedicated child bereavement support charity based in milton Keynes, and we support children bereaved of a parent or a sibling um and there are more children um that are in 
the, that situation they've lost parents and siblings and then people actually realize mm-hmm. um and yeah so we support children in a variety of ways we provide memory boxes books signposting pastoral advice but also we provide them with um rainbow groups um we organize around 50 rainbow groups a year um to support children from babies up to 25 years old who are bereaved um the groups enable us to facilitate contact really between bereaved children and their families um, with the aim to fit for them to feel less alone and less isolated when they're in that situation and somebody dies within your family home you can often feel very lonely and isolated from your usual crowd of people from your usual community um death isn't spoken about a lot um i think it's it's getting better and the awareness is is getting better um about speaking about death and dying and bereavement it sounds very morbid but the more we speak about it the more accepted it will be mm-hmm. the more people will learn how to speak to people who who are bereaved especially children yeah um children can be really misunderstood when they're grieving obviously children should have fun and and smile and laugh and play um often when they're doing that um you know pe- people around them can think that they're okay and they're not suffering with their bereavement but in actual fact it's because children can't stay in that in that space of massive overwhelming emotions right all of the time um yeah. so and so the main thing we do is the groups but we also send families on um short breaks we've got a caravan in Camber Sands, which is absolutely wow. beautiful down there um so we send families on short breaks and we all also organize trips and activities as well and it's all with the the idea of um creating new memories for families who are a changed family since somebody within them has, has passed on has died um and um yeah it's just really to to help them build up new memories but also spend time with others who know how they feel and know what they're experiencing yeah exactly crikey it's incredible um it's just such a worthwhile and wonderful thing that you're doing um we were touched in our community by someone who had lost the parent as well and I know that you were working with that person and it's just the anecdotal stories I've heard you know and it's just been you've just really touched this person's life and it's become a wonderful thing and a a wonderful outreach um we also had a a lady on the podcast um Helen quite some time ago and she um I bet we whenever I hear the story of, of of Harry's rainbow and everything that you're doing for people in the community I always think about this podcast that I had with Helen because and I'll put a link to it as well in in this um in the notes because her father passed away when she was seven and she's now in her 40s mm. and she just didn't have anyone to reach out to like this and the school didn't speak to her and friends didn't speak to her and friends parents didn't speak to her and in fact parents also didn't know how well that her mum didn't know how to deal with it she was dealing with her own grief and didn't um um and they they just wanted to not kind of make anybody sad so they didn't discuss it at all so common that is so common and it's such a common story that i hear we have a number of volunteers who were bereaved as children who are now adults and they say that to me a lot in my experience the last you know 14 years this is what people say that they wish there was something like harry's rainbow around when they were children and yes. they needed it because the um the actual topic I guess that we were discussing on that um, podcast was chronic anxiety um, and stemming from health anxiety 
And Helen, in part, puts that down to the fact that she couldn't process any of her emotions when she was seven, that none of her friends spoke about it. You know, it was almost like she had to grow up keeping it all in a box. Um, And that now has led to so many fears. She sees the world as a scary place that, you know, there are fears around every corner. And that's because, obviously, she did lose a parent and it was never... Her emotions were never dealt with and she was never given the tools to be able to manage those emotions. Yeah, there's such big feelings and if, if, if it, you know, and it can feel quite natural to just ignore them. Mm. And this is why it's so important that if there is someone in your community who are grieving or are bereaved, it's so important that they are supported by their community, not just charities like ours, but we, you know, I work hard to raise the awareness of talking about it mm-hmm. because people, you know, sort of say, oh, I, I don't want to upset you. And I always say, you know, if you talk about Harry to me, I want to hear about Harry. Yes. I want to have the permission to also talk about it myself without the the people looking at me as if to say, oh my goodness, she's going to talk about her son again, which is something I felt like I experienced really early on in mm. my in my bereavement. And um, it's talking is, is just so important. And, and I've got a podcast myself, and if we can link it into this podcast, that would be great. Yes. And there are 11 ep- episodes, um, each one with a different topic, from children going to funerals to well-being as a bereaved parent to what the community can do for somebody who is grieving and for children who are grieving and there's just some real good information in there in terms of you know because I do understand a lot of people they just don't know what to say the Mm -hmm. amount of people that used to walk across the road if I was coming oh really yeah yeah and uh, and I get it now this many years on I I get it but at the time I'm like I need you I had to make those moves towards people right you know even people that were close to me yeah in order for them to to move back towards me yeah it's um it's a very strong and i think things are changing and moving slowly um and uh it's just such a passion of mine to raise awareness of the fact that 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 needs to be done we need to be braver Mm. to speak Absolutely. Um, well, hopefully during this um, session, if we have time, I'd love to hear more of what, you know, your tips really on how we can support people who have been, who, who are going through bereavement, um, be it anybody, to be honest, not just children, yeah. but, you know, because I, I lost my dad last year. Um, was it last year now? Crikey. I think it, I think it was last year. Time moves. <laughs> a, I don't, I'm just like, crikey, when was that? And it was very strange navigating relationships around that. People yeah. not knowing what to say, not knowing they to say too much. I had a friend come and visit. She didn't mention the whole, at the whole time. Um, you know, and it was just, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But um, without further ado, because just in case we're, you know, c- confusing anybody here, let's go back to the beginning of your story um, so that we can explain the origins really of Harry's Rainbow yeah. and where it came from. So over to you. Yeah, so um, just to say that we're kind of not expecting anyone in the you know I'm not sort of saying anyone in the community that doesn't speak about it are are necessarily doing something wrong what because I actually probably used to be one of those people because I didn't know what to say but um I had never really faced a close bereavement in my life um until I was 31 and two days after my I just remember this so vividly because it was right on top of my birthday, two days after my 31st birthday, my son, Harry, died. Um, he was a perfectly healthy five-year-old child, had his twin sister, Jessica. Um, uh, you know, that 
we had a really happy family um it was you know it was just lovely and he developed asthma it was it, it, i thought it was quite mild I, I wasn't very well versed in asthma but you know I, I did my best um and this one particular day he um he was struggling to breathe so i took him to the hospital um and without going too 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 deep in into what happened in in hospital um three days later we were we were told that that harry had severe brain stem damage and would would never survive um and uh we we had we we were asked to turn off you know the life support machine um and had to make a decision whether we would donate his organs which which we did we did choose to do that as well i'm very pro pro that that's a very difficult decision to make especially when it's your child even though he was only five he he was a very loving sensitive giving soul and we knew that was the right thing to do um but i at, at this point i was i was faced with you know there's no parenting book and there certainly isn't a parenting book when you're when you're faced with this um grief but you have a child who also needs support of and so my mother's instinct kicked in to to see what what was out there to give Jessica support because I already knew that my future and my life was paved in pain and gloom and tragedy and you know there's nothing worse than than your child dying and I I just didn't want Jessica's future to look that bleak that's what I knew I, I didn't want that so um so I set about trying to find support for her um the reason that led me to starting Harry's Rainbow to provide that very support is because there was no dedicated Milton Keynes-based child bereavement support. Mm -hmm. And my family had to travel all the way to High Wycombe to access support. And I just thought that that's not acceptable, really. No. What if people don't drive? What if they don't have the means to travel all that way? is that going to discourage people from from helping themselves and yeah. their children just all, all these things um walking into a bookshop and asking if there's a book that i could read to my five-year-old child i can't imagine what the cashier bless her must have thought to that question but i was just doing whatever i could to find what i needed to, mm -hmm. to give to jessica every tool that she that, that she could for, for me to help her um and we were led to like one book right and i and i just thought this 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 isn't right yeah <laughs> and so with the experience that i i you know took on board over the 18 months the um for over the 18 month period knowing how lonely and isolated we felt no one around us knew how we felt how we were feeling people looking at jessica laughing playing smiling yeah. thinking she was she's okay she was okay mm -hmm. she's fine she seems all right she's playing and God She's forbid, a child. when a child is happy, you don't want to rock the boat, do you? And start. That's it. So how are you? You know, you don't want to set a seed. So so then you tend to just avoid and ignore the the situation. Yeah, pe I people guess. just looked at her, and I think they thought she was okay, which I, mm. I know obviously pleased them. But actually, you know, it it didn't. Jessica did still grieve, and she, she yeah. was still sad and unhappy at times but as i said to you earlier children yeah. can't sit in those feelings like us adults can do 
for long periods of time yeah so they do what's called puddle jumping where they'll jump in feel it and ideally we need to go in with them and feel it Mm -hmm. or help help them to express and feel it rather than drag them out of that space Mm. but then when they're ready they'll just jump out of it and and they'll play and smile and laugh and and that's what um you know we we want to be able to do with harry's rainbow and what we aim to do is is allow children give them the tools to be able to um, understand and express their emotions and know how to and help their parents and carers help them with how to Um, but at the same time help them to to not feel guilty about those next moves they might do I, i go on holiday or have a nice trip somewhere or do something at Christmas which is incredibly hard mm-hmm. and so we, we we encourage all of that with with Harry's Rainbow and my experiences is what what started Harry's Rainbow of course and it's okay to ask so how how was Jessica how as in I, I you know I you just said that she was puddle jumping and so she had moments in it but um how did her grief manifest so what did it look like in her it's it, it's really hard for me to think back and re- and remember, no, it sounds mad, but uh, grief can distort memories anyway. Memories become distorted anyway, whether you're grieving or not. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but she she did appear to be taking it in her stride. We were worried about her because out of the two of them, Harry was the extrovert, confident one whereas Jessica was a little bit more quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it's really hard to know how, or try and remember things for how she was. She did get upset at times that Harry wasn't there. Um, but I don't think, with her age being five, I honestly don't think she really understood it. And what she says to me now, she's 19, and what she says now is that some of the memories that she has... She, she doesn't know if they're her memories or whether they're what have been shared with her and what have mm-hmm. been told to her. Yeah. And I don't think she can really fully remember Harry, you know, as her little playmate mm-hmm. who she had never been apart from. Yes, of for course. For five years. Yes. Um, do you think that they're being twins? Do you think that that um, has a even bigger impact on a child um whether he's got a, that i mean twins is one thing yeah. and a close age gap is another thing as well do you think that that's a um a thing i i do think it is yes um the the, the difficult thing is with jessica's age it was it was really hard to know sort of ha- how much of an impact yeah um i feel personally for me that it was not only my mother's instinct kicked in, but that very thought of she has known Harry for longer than anyone else, yeah. including me. They spent, no, not nine months, actually, mm-hmm. seven months in my womb. She knew him more than I did, you know, in that sense. Um, and I think it was that also that, that drove me to need to want to make sure she had all the help that she, she could get mm-hmm. if she needed it. Really. Of course, and um, I hope you don't mind me talking about it, really. But this, all of this, at a time when you yourself were going through the worst time of your life—that you were, yeah. you know, 
having to cope with how you felt about things but as you said your mother's instinct kicked in because it I think it always will won't it in these situations but were you getting the support that you needed were you finding that there were institutions organizations charities out there that were if not for children were there anything were there was there anything for yourself I no um the the thing with with bereavement is there's there's a huge lack of bereavement support even today Mm. um at the time there was a a bereavement support charity i um i'm I'm absolutely not condoning this because i've learned now i know i wasn't doing anything to support myself right um for me i just needed to make sure jessica was okay however the support that we received through the charity that we did visit in high wickham very much helped myself and my husband as well in terms of meeting others in the same situation meeting other bereaved parents i got a great comfort from that and there are some absolutely amazing ladies who i always talk about when i get to sort of have have conversations Mm. with people like yourself about my story the two of them um were nurses and one was a, a bereavement volunteer and they set up a group for bereaved parents coincidentally two months after harry died and i also used to go to that group and i found so much help and support there that that's where i was getting my help and support i didn't feel like i needed to seek support elsewhere um so and that's what i've weaved into harry's rainbow as well is that that although we say we're a child bereavement support charity everything we do is about the whole family yeah including the parents and carers is absolutely important that the parents and carers are there as well because actually what what's happening with these facilitated groups is that the parents will also get that support from other parents um yeah other um not just parents um that where children have died but actually parents and carers who have lost their partner where their partner has died Mm -hmm. because we support children bereaved of a parent or a sibling Mm. and so um the, the parents are supported by each other as well and it's sort of creating that community um because i know how much that helped me but mm. answering your question i wasn't doing enough to support myself and one of the episodes on my podcast talks about the importance of looking after yourself and the yeah. well-being and a lot of it for me i think was the guilt i remember the first time i did go out i cried as well as laughed so i laughed and then i cried so why am i crying why am i laughing you know and then it made me cry because yeah. i laughed um those you know those those times can be really really difficult um i am the sort of person who who will face myself into a situation like that to to sort of it's the climb you know as we listened it's because you're constantly climbing up it and i am the sort of person where i will always try and get over an obstacle or push myself forward i understand that some people aren't aren't like that Mm. so we hope again like harry's rainbow can help people with that little step up and that little tiny push towards hope that that there is hope Mm. and there is a there is a future absolutely and um you know a lot of people that might be listening to this might now might be quite a few years past um the actual the time that this all happened for them and might now be thinking oh goodness i wish that there was a had been something like that for me like like my friend helen that came on um but somebody but if there is a family that's listening now that may, I mean, firstly, 
are you focused on this area specifically and is that um do you have a kind of boundary for example that you're allowed to operate in or, or anything like that so we support children bereaved of a parent or sibling in milton Keynes and the surrounding areas yeah so if a family from out of milton Keynes, we, we tend to have a lot of families from northampton for example mm-hmm. If a family along the outskirts of Milton Keynes wanted to reach out to us, and we'd certainly have a conversation with them, and if we felt as though they, and they felt as though they were able to travel in and access the support that we can provide, then absolutely we'd, we'd, we, we can support them. Mm. And there is no time limit as well. So if there are children within the house that have been bereaved of a parent or sibling or somebody that lived in the house, so we don't extend to grandparents aunties uncles etc however if the person was living in the family home we will support the child who is bereaved of that person amazing that makes sense yeah and um so say um it is quite a few years past an event do you um have um sort of resources and things in in place to support people is it just um in the immediate moment like the time the immediate time after or could it be it can be a few years after we have a we have a bit of a mix some people contact us immediately even before they've had a funeral right because there's lots of people that, that are aware of harry's rainbow in our yeah. amazing milton Keynes community so and the more we raise awareness the more people will know about us so that if something happens to somebody within their community i tend to sort of get two or three requests from oh so and so mentioned you so and so mentioned you and it's you know and most people self-refer However, we also do get people that register maybe three or four years after their child has, mm-hmm. has had um, their bereavement. And that can be a number of reasons. It could be because their children were quite young at the time and they didn't realise they needed any support. Um, or, or it could just be that they've just been so overwhelmed that this was just another thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. It could be that the children you know, are going into secondary school and becoming teenagers, and that is, faces itself with a whole load of new emotions. Yeah. And we support children up to the age, children and young adults up to the age of 25 years old. Right. And there isn't, um, there, there isn't a limit on when their bereavement happened. Okay. So we always speak to anyone, and if they're not sure, reach out and we'll have a conversation with them. I think that's so wonderful because I was just thinking through then just you know between as you grow up you there so many different things different phases and milestones happen in your life where you're likely if say if it is a parent for example to really mm. miss that parent in your life you know as you hit puberty for example if you've lost your mum you would just would or as a girl you'd want your mum yeah. you know to be around to 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 help you through these weird things that you you know that you know or for the for the dad in that situation to be able to have somebody that can support the child because all these emotions are going to start coming up at a time you know i i think that's amazing um we're going to go to your next song now because i need to definitely uh take a few deep breaths don't know about you um it's such a such an amazing journey but also it's it's so sad it really is and you're so brave sitting here you look you're so strong to sit there Um, i'm used to it you're used to it yeah (laughs) right here we go with where is the love so we are back with lovely odette she is um incredible she is the founder and ceo of harry's rainbow and we have just been hearing um her story and how she came to to build this incredible charity so odette what were you doing pre all of these events and what was your sort of past life and career wow so um nothing really too exciting i've come from a banking background um 
went straight into college from school got a bit a, a bit bored there so tried to speed up the my GNVQ as they were called at the time and went and did an MVQ in business administration nothing too exciting and then I went into working for um, Barclays Bank again nothing overly exciting and then um I worked for Abbey National, now Santander. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, in the big red brick building that is going to be no more soon because no. they've built Unity Place. So yeah, it's just um, working in in um, in banks really. Yeah. Um, and then I was made redundant from Abbey. I was a uh, I used to work in the debt management department, but I moved into the help desk. Of for the department so I used to support people with their IT bits and pieces definitely no IT whiz by the way just just learning about their internal systems was fairly simple um, when I was made redundant there I went and worked for a company called Bookham Technology they were based in Toaster and it, it just worked for me I was I was a mum to twins you know they were they were quite young and I worked part-time and um, now I realize how easy it was to work part-time and <laughs> not be crazily juggling a million balls um yeah no so nothing nothing uh, nothing amazing I didn't go to university I haven't done a business degree or anything like that well because I, I was keen to ask because you have created a, a, an incredibly successful charity um award-winning you're award-winning every all the time <laughs> lots of awards um and um and you know you wonder how 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 even how you managed to do that so you kind of wonder well did you come from a big leadership position had you had experience with this before because i know that there are people out there now who are thinking i'd like to set up a charity for not necessarily in this um this particular area but in lots of different areas Mm. and how so how do you even start how how did you start to, to do that and how let's just talk about that journey of growing from obviously from nothing to where you are today um well, when I first went into this and had this harebrained idea that this is what I was going to do, um, I really didn't have any idea what was coming for me. I, re- I had no idea. My, my only aim was to change what I felt was an injustice in our community mm-hmm. and our society um, and didn't see all the pitfalls that, that have occurred. Um, so I've learned what people might say the hard way but actually some people may disagree and say that's the best way because when you learn you then grow from it and you learn and you grow from it and you make mistakes you're supposed to make mistakes that's how you learn right mm-hmm. you can't get everything right all in one go um it's a very complicated it, it's very complicated to go into to how you do it and, and what you do etc cetera, etc cetera. and it requires a lot of research and reading up on hmrc about how to set up a charity um there's a lot of governance around it a lot of things that you must do lots of things you cannot do um and you must have a board of trustees etc um so it definitely hasn't been an easy journey and yet we are award-winning um we've won multiple awards over the last couple of years um which has been great to raise the awareness of the charity um i need to try and use that to encourage participation in our events and our fundraising events because this year um it's it's very tough i can it, imagine because we're obviously going through a cost of living crisis yeah, everybody's been crisis is, 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 is really affecting lots of charities and businesses and lots of people out there um and it, it having a huge impact on our charity at the moment we're not raising the funds we need to be able to sustain the services mm-hmm. that we that we provide to 
children in our community so that's important so I think sometimes when we're award-winning it can look like we're really successful in in every area and though we are successful and we have successful services and we've supported in excess of 700 children which when you think about the parents and carers and the social around those and the school community and teachers and grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends when you think about all those people that will be positive positively affected by the support we give to the child it's thousands of people in our community that we've supported thousands yes um so um it's we're we're award-winning which is amazing i received an mbe last year i was on the queen's birthday honors um for the work that we've done in Milton Keynes and that is just incredible and it gives our charity the kudos that people will hopefully start to recognize the importance of supporting bereaved children Mm -hmm. in terms of the skills and knowledge I've just learned that as I've gone along I am a sponge I do like to learn um I understand you know and you learn from your mistakes etc and I've learned from other people um and, it, and I think that's what's important is learning from other people, being open to learning that your way isn't necessarily always the right way. And, and having a good support network around you can help as well mm. um, when you're embarking on such a huge responsibility because it is and it does bear it does bear its weight on me at times. Mm. Um, How big is your team, Adep? So we have four members of staff working for us, including myself at the moment. So yeah. two, we have two family liaison officers. Um, they are responsible for all of the work that we do with our families. Pre-COVID and during COVID, I was the family liaison officer. So not only did I run the charity, but I was also the, the wow. person supporting all the families. And we very quickly realised that actually if we were to offer the amount of groups that we need to offer once the pandemic was over yeah. to support the huge increase and rise in registrations that we were, we were getting we needed to get somebody else in and take that responsibility away from me and I do miss that work I do I do miss knowing the families and and yeah. the children um because silly I was always questions. really good at remembering the children's names and never anybody else's oh, sorry <laughs> this is a silly question but was the um increase in registrations after lockdown just because people had not registered throughout lockdown or because of actual covid deaths and things like that neither of those actually (laughs) i i believe and it's it's hard to tell 100 percent for sure but we still had registrations throughout lockdown we were still offering our services it was all online throughout lockdown and we used to send packages to our families and we organized other things for our families that were possible to do Uh, we also linked in with ride high and we were able to give outdoor experiences for our families it was really important to me to make sure they still had support we also um, connected with the local mental health charity arthur ellis and they provide our mentoring um, support to families as well so we made sure there was lots of services in place during covid and we did still receive registrations the increase is purely based on just that of last year so in 2021 we registered 90 children to access our support services during the one year in 2022 we registered 141 wow this year already we've registered at over 100 children so the increase i believe is down to the awareness raising that we're doing okay so we're raising lots of awareness yeah because we know that there are it that it is expected in milton Keynes. so these figures there, there aren't any figures or statistics for bereaved children just so you know and and there, there is a petition gone to parliament 
which was headed up by the big milt, uh, the big uh, national child bereavement charity. So just, but there is a charity who used to look at the census data and death to statistics and calculate how many children they expected to be bereaved in a year. And they would do this down to regions. So in 2015, I was able to access these figures. And I think this, this, this shocks people when I say this number. So in Milton Keynes alone, so this isn't the surrounding areas, it's Milton Keynes, 100 parents are expected to die, leaving 170 dependent children. So we know it's likely that's a, a, an approximate figure for how many children will be needing our support every year in Milton Keynes. Right. But it doesn't include the surrounding areas of Milton Keynes. And neither does it include children bereaved of a sibling. Right. So if we're registering 141 children last yeah. year, we already are not reaching every child that we need to. We mm-hmm. know we're not. So it's really important that we... Um, raise awareness of our charity which we need to do through marketing and advertising this isn't free no yeah um and and with the awareness raising we're doing and the the award winning we are thankfully managing to reach more and more children what we need to do as i said earlier is make sure we can make the financial commitment well that's what i was just thinking the the the, the funds to be able to sustain these services of course you've got registrations going up um in a year where funding is down yeah so how do you manage that situation (laughs) yes um i i just i just have to keep moving forward it's like the song the climb it is always an uphill battle um i take that challenge on fully i just just we just have to keep working hard i'm out four nights next week at various different events um and it's not schmoozing it's actually speaking to people who might have a vested interest in supporting Harry's Rainbow and supporting children in their community who will one day be the workers of the Milton Keynes community of course and the entrepreneurs of the Milton Keynes community we must support the children while they're children and not when they get to adults and have lost out on all that support Mm -hmm. if we can support the children while they're children we can they will have a brighter tomorrow a brighter future that's yes. what I truly believe. And so I just have to keep working hard and my team have to keep working hard. So we have one fundraiser. Sorry, because this question came from how many people work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have one fundraiser who who needs to manage all of that, which is tough. And I support that. Um, so, um, no, it's not easy, but um, it, it's challenging. But there are lots of positives. And that is that we are supporting people in our community and that's that is that is a lovely feeling and, 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 and receiving the awards that's just, just a fantastic thing as well and it's amazing that we're recognized which is which is good it is and it's it's so well deserved um i just wanted to pick up on um something that you said just before so when you were the family liaison officer um i was it just um i suppose i wondered how did um how were you able to have the strength i suppose to go over and over and over other people's um, experiences um, and not find yourself consistently or continuously triggered. I just find that amazing. Mm. How, how were you able to do that? Um, honestly, I was triggered. Right. Um, and We're all human, on, right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Vulnerability at its best. Um, and actually, I know 
And as I said earlier, I know I wasn't supporting myself and I know I wasn't considering myself. Um, and that, that, was, that is something that I recognise now. And so as a result of that, every member of staff and volunteer within our Harry's Rainbow community who support Harry's Rainbow will receive one-to-one sessions with uh, of therapeutic mentoring with Arthur Ellis. Um, and again, that's something we have to fund. We have to pay for that. Um, Arthur Ellis are, are amazing and a great support to us for providing that. But it was something that I bought in during lockdown because mm-hmm. I knew that people, you know, when volunteers are face, facing families who are suffering, you know, these, these bereavements, it's, it can be really triggering. Um, and I, I realised probably a little bit too late how, how much it was triggering me when I met another family that I think I met lots of brief parents and families but this one particular family I'm not really sure why or what or maybe it was because I'm that was my time I needed to 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 understand and realize my own feelings um this one one particular family who lost a child circumstances weren't even similar so I'm not really sure why it was this particular family that it just you know it it really triggered me heavily Mm. um and and that was part of my reason as well for this makes sense for it to not be me being the family liaison officer Mm. i i needed to make a decision then do i be the family liaison officer and get somebody else to run the charity or do i run the charity and being the determined person i am and um tenacious person i am i thought no i'm gonna run the charity and we'll and i'll think about my sort of um my own well-being for a moment here and realize actually i'm probably not the best person to be the family liaison officer um and that, and that's why partly reason why we, we changed some of that. But um, and one of my podcast episodes does talk about well-being and supporting yourself and not feeling guilty for doing so because that's mm. a lot of the reason why bereaved people won't won't do things for themselves because no. of the guilt feelings and thinking that we we don't deserve it. But actually, if we don't support ourselves, this is that old saying that everybody knows: if you don't put your oxygen mask on, regardless of whatever the situation or scenario is, as a parent you're in or even not a parent you must support yourself because otherwise how can you really and truthfully be able to fully and wholeheartedly support your child Mm. if you don't support yourself absolutely um i mean i don't have a personal experience of it but i 100 percent agree with you um did you tap into the arthur ellis support yourself yeah yes yeah i i did um so i have a monthly session with them to talk about sort of anything to do with work or personal um or personal support that i might need and all of our staff and volunteers have the same um because it yeah is is incredibly you know Mm. important that we have a space to be able to reflect on our own practices during work um but also if if that comes in with some personal um problems or things that we need help with it's it's important that we can access that absolutely arthur ellis is an incredible organization so i actually um was on the netwest accelerator with john um, oh, years ago um oh. he's so wonderful well he and he you know and he's what he's built arthur ellis into now is incredible. amazing arthur ellis is the um names of his grandpa granddads i it think is, yes isn't it? it is yeah um and yeah so just as a bit of an aside but um Arthur Ellis actually helps support families also who are not getting the support where they from CAMS where they need yeah. it because that process is obviously so long and they everyone that and CAMS is absolutely swamped. So um, that is a, a, a good organisation to look into if and you need some support for your children. 
Yes. The prices and the costs are very reasonable, but actually they do offer support through some GP surgeries. So it's always oh. worth asking in certain areas of Milton Keynes with certain GP surgeries and certain schools. I don't know any which ones they are, but it's very it's it's definitely worth looking into. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant man and a brilliant organization there. Oh. Um Wow, right. I think we will play your next song because I love this song. This is Lady Gaga. Um, again, I've got the wrong mouse in hand. Look at me. So lacking tech savviness. <laughs> Here we go. Right, we're back. So, Ajay, what is happening now for Harry's Rainbow? What have you got coming up? What activities? And where is Harry's Rainbow going? So, um, our focus at the moment is um all around um our fundraising activity so as i mentioned um with the economic crisis things are are pretty tough so we're we're doing what we can to um raise income for the charity um we always try to do um challenges um with our events because we feel that you know that's it's nice to challenge people people like to challenge themselves and it's something exciting um so um we're organizing a running event so milton Keynes festival of running next march we always used to be involved in this and we have to used to enter a a large team of runners you can run 5k 10k half marathon or a full uh, no not a full a 20 mile um wow Um, yeah so because we're the mayor of uh the mayor's charity Mm-hmm. The, myself and the mayor have that's exciting m- yes oh were you selected yeah. to be the mayor's charity is that yes right? oh it's smart. Yes. amazing so he, he selected us and another charity um so we're his uh, official charities for the year and so myself and the mayor have um pledged we're going to run the half marathon in march together and i thought well let's take it one step further and let's see how many people in our community will join us for that run um, and so the launch um, of that event um, where all the information could be found out will be held at the Good Gym MK, okay. who are based in Kiln Farm. Yes. Um, there are fantastic um, corporate partners and they're very supportive of our charity. So we're going to um, keep an eye on our social social pages. We'll be launching very soon. So we have a launch night there um, where you can get signed up, potentially win um, a six-month gym pass with the good gym mk if you sign up on the night um and we're just getting want to get as many people registered to run with us as possible and try and organize a big group and we'll provide running vest running t-shirt to train in um buffet on the day there's a venue so we always meet at the um, midsummer tap um before everyone does their run and then everyone can come back and we have a bit of a buffet and celebrate um and the intention is to to really raise um as much as we can that that is fed straight into the services that we provide for bereaved children so i know there are some keen runners um in milton Keynes and surrounding areas um and if you you fancy the challenge you know um and you're coming from further afield you can either come into milton Keynes or you could do a virtual run um or enter any running event and fundraise for us um uh you can connect with us if you go to our website which is www.harrysrainbow.co.uk um something else we've got coming up this is really important for our annual calendar Um, and the awareness raising that we do is children's grief awareness week and that runs from the 16th of november to the 23rd of november and we encourage individuals businesses and schools organizations to wear a rainbow so you've got a whole week 
to dress up in your rainbow get up maybe you'll do that when you do your recording here Absolutely. during that week i will do that um, yep and we it's really to do two things one it's it's about raising awareness of of child bereavement and and the services that are available for bereaved children um harris rainbow and milton Keynes, for example um and wearing the rainbow is obviously because we're harry's rainbow so that's what we're encouraging but also so that we can raise the funds to to pay for a project within milton Keynes. um so and again we'll be advertising that across all of our socials and we encourage people um to take photos of what they're doing and 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 make it really exciting and we'll be doing a special um run from the good gym mk with with that during that week as well so please remind me of the dates of that week again. So 16th of November mm-hmm. to the 23rd of November. Okay. And when is your um, run with the mayor? 17th of March next year. 17th of March next year. Brilliant. So you heard it here. want people all signing up, please. And we will definitely be wearing rainbows for you in that week. And Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be having a, um, um, a meet-up that week as well. So we can oh, have a... Oh, that would be fantastic. Let's get everybody we to... Could, yeah, coordinate yeah, that And we'll do a donation to charity. Yeah, that would be amazing. And, and be just, just, just as well as that, if, if, um, if getting involved in a challenge event or um, an event isn't your thing, but you do want to have a conversation with me about how you can connect with Harry's Rainbow, support Harry's Rainbow, if you're a local business... Um, um, and you corporate social responsibility and you want to have us as your charity of the year or do something for us um, please do reach out to me I'm happy to have a, a coffee and a chat with you to see what you can do to support Harry's Rainbow um, and you can email me on odette that's O-D-E-T-T-E at harrysrainbow.co.uk Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm sorry for the like scrappy tech at the beginning. Goodness <laughs> me, I'll get back on my feet at some point. We're all <laughs> normal. These things happen. <laughs> That's don't it. They? We're all human. Yeah. And you should see this is a bit like mission control here. I've got three screens, 10 mouses, about four. Um, You're doing a better job than I probably <laughs> would. So. <laughs> so I'm going to play your last tune, which is Holiday. Why have you chosen this one? Because in October half term, I'm going to take a much needed few days out with my family. We're going to go to the Lake District and I'm really looking forward to just down tools and just chilling because that is also very important for your well-being. Amazing. Absolutely. It is. Right. Here we go love a bit of madonna who doesn't <laughs> so thank you again so much for coming on it's been so great to hear your story um from start to where you are today you've done an absolutely incredible job um and you know your story is is so sad but you are such a strength and such an inspiring person and thank you for joining us and actually sharing all of that with us and answering all my questions it's been lovely oh, you're welcome thank you for being so welcoming and um, yeah, it's been lovely thank you very much so if there's anybody out there that wants to go running make sure you contact odette um and also um get involved with that um national giles bereavement week on the 16th to 23rd of november um and we also do everything we can uh, at wiki to support that as well so so thank you so much have thank a wonderful you. holiday that's going to be amazing um thank you to everybody listening again we'll be back next week i'm going to be live 12 to 1 on stony radio um and the podcast will very soon be on more channels than spotify and Mixcloud. so watch this space <laughs> you know my crazy tech um uh, abilities it's probably going to take longer than a couple of few days so anyway thank you everybody and i'll speak to you soon take care